0: You're listening to Creative Capes by Future London Academy, honest conversations with designers, entrepreneurs, and innovators. Sit back, relax, and enjoy.
1: Hello, dear futurists, design leaders, creative thinkers from around the world. Uh, I'm Ekaterina, the co-founder of Future London Academy, and today I will be joined by the founder of Base Design, Gary. Hello, how are you doing?
0: Good, excellent.
1: <laughs> nice, nice. Let me kick off uh, this session with quick uh, fire questions from me. Are you you ready? <laughs> yeah, sure. Go ahead. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> First question. Last artist or song uh, you played today.
0: By Brazilian group. Awesome. I don't remember the name. Uh, it was Amazing. Five, five minutes ago. Yeah.
1: Amazing. I uh, love it. Describe yourself in three words.
0: Uh, bold, bold, and enthusiastic.
1: <laughs> Love it. What is one thing that annoys you the most?
0: Oh, uh, lies probably. Lies. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm, interesting. Your favorite font.
0: Okay. Font? Yeah. No, basically Tika or basically.
1: Ah, okay. Ooh, nice, nice choice. What's your guilty pleasure?
0: Uh sleeping i love i love sleeping i sleep a lot
1: celebrity or famous person that you admire the most or that you follow
0: Diego maradona
1: mm, good choice achievement uh that you're proud of the most
0: um probably um when i step into wherever uh one of our studios whether it's in new york or geneva or here in brussels it's to see all these people together. It's really, uh, fill me with joy. Simply put, it's just that.
1: Great. What's the current side hustle or passion or latest obsession that you have? Um,
0: you mean in the, in the, in a work or outside of work?
1: Outside of work. Something that is not uh, work related. could be absolutely random.
0: Uh, I, I'm obsessed with uh, a stand-up artists for the moment. I think they're, Great people to watch for designer on how they catch how the world is changing and how they comment on the world. It fascinates me. So like, like comedians that. or yeah, comedian, yeah. Stand-up like mm-hmm. comedians, yeah.
1: Oh amazing. Any particular favorite ones that you're watching or following?
0: Yeah, the last one I saw like two or three days ago is uh, Judah Friedlander on Netflix. It's fucking funny. So just watch that.
1: Amazing. I love it. Uh, book that you would recommend everyone to read immediately?
0: Um, Bob Gill book. Uh, Yeah, the book's about uh, thoughts on on graphic design from Bob Gill.
1: Definitely. I'm not surprised. Good choice. Last question. What is the best part about working in branding?
0: I think the best part is the fact that there's There's no two clients that are the same. Each new client and assignment is a new uh, swimming pool you have to dive into. So I love that. I mean, for example, today I was in Paris working for Théâtre du Châtelet. Uh, Tomorrow it's going to be something else. Uh, It can be corporate. It can be an opera. It can be developing a product. It can be cookies, tech. and, And each time it's about building a relationship with people. So that's a beautiful part. I never get tired of that.
1: It's great. I love it. building relationship. We'll talk about yeah. more about that in a second. Sure. Uh, but thanks for answering this uh, very difficult ten questions. Now we can uh, slow down and talk about sure. deeper topics. Um, and actually, what I want to start with is your journey and your story, because uh, actually your story. Even though it might sound straightforward, I feel like it's very unusual because you started your company 26 years ago yeah. uh, and you studied design, you studied art, you started a design company. It's too straightforward for a designer. So tell us how did it happen? What were the twists and did you how did it how did you decide to start your own company and uh what else happened between you graduating and now running a successful agency? Yeah,
0: it was a bit more than 26 years ago. Actually, I started my company while I was at school, at the design school here uh, in Brussels. And uh, so we just gathered with, with friends, and one of them, Dimitri, is still my partner today. So it's been 30 years later. And, and, and actually, none of uh us graduated actually i don't have a diploma because we were like starting at school and just we didn't know what we were doing actually we didn't know how to invoice we didn't we had no plan at the time and uh, you have to know that at that time we didn't even have a macintosh so we designed at hand so um and uh so we started like this starting with super small jobs uh without knowing what we were doing but just with the the energy of when you're young, and that's the beauty of it. You don't know anything, so you don't you're not scared of everything. So that's how it started.
1: And what did you want to do? Was it graphic design, branding, any sort of design? Did you have any idea what you will end up doing?
0: Um, actually, um, I studied graphic design. Uh, at that time, I was no clue what branding was. The, the word was not even in my, in my vocabulary. I don't. I didn't know that. So, um, yeah, it was most of all about graphic design. And we started very small, very super small. And we, we worked for friends and then we worked into like this crowd of, uh, uh, you know, art galleries, uh, young uh, fashion labels. And we started like any young uh, uh, company, like working with friends that were doing great work like a bit underground. And we grew like that. And since at that time we didn't have any kids or whatsoever, we could take any risk. And, uh, and that was the, the, the good side of it. Like we were working day and night uh, on the weekends and trying an, any new thing up to the day where um, Dimitri, one of Dimitri's friends, uh, Jeff, in New York, called and he was working in fashion. And he said, um, Hey, what you guys are doing in Brussels, why don't we do that in New York? And we were like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And so we started like like this, without thinking even more. So we started in in Jeff's room, basically with the Macintosh next to the bed and was working on the bed. We it, it's When I think back, it's crazy the amount of risks that we took. It was like, so yeah, let's do this, let's try it. And, uh, and that's how we started New York. And then uh, another friend helped us Called us from Spain and he said, Why don't we gather and do something in Spain as well? And so we gathered in Brussels, all of us. And that's where I think it was 96, 97. And that's where we took the name base because we had one studio in New York, one in Barcelona, and one in Brussels. And the idea of bases in different bases in Spanish, and that was the idea of the name. And so it could expand and it could, but it was totally. only about friends together that was the thing which is also something difficult because we're working with friends and uh and about trying and and see what what happens and so we definitely had uh up and downs uh in in the story of base uh but uh it it, it, and this spirit is still alive it's very entrepreneurial and and so we opened for example uh, a year ago now a base in melbourne and it's the same spirit that's still alive in the company and it's funny to have in the same group today, we have one studio that is, that is 26 years old and another one that is one year old. So, it's, <laughs> and and it's the same group with the same spirits. And we love that. We love that uh, base being like that.
1: Brilliant. Oh, I love the story about just friends kind of having random thoughts of starting studios in different parts of the planet and just doing it. I think that that's very inspiring. But how, how was the first year when you started? Because it sounds easy, but you need to make money with it. You can't just have a design student work for friends. And actually working for friends sometimes means not having a massive check uh, and payments for each work. So how was it were you making any side money and what what did the first year look like?
0: Uh the definitely like chaos. Um we, yeah, again, we didn't know didn't know that we were doing. So it was really about we, we grow we've been, we've been um, learning by doing, so yeah, we learned little by little how to invoice people, how to get an estimate to people and how to get paid, and sometimes how what to do when you're not paid and uh, and when you're on the ground and fighting for it, and when it's your work you're, you you learn fast, so uh, that's how we did it. and uh, the thing also that that's really um. There's all kind of phases in a company, right? So um, I can say that up to 2000, 2005, um, uh, it was really about this energy. It was really about, and the partners were controlling everything. So it was really about, uh, we were flying from one base to another. We were like controlling, we were in this desire, of controlling all projects. Up to the moment where like, you realize it's not possible anymore. It's impossible. And that's in 2008. That's where uh, the crisis hits us. And it was really a tough moment for us. We really went down. Uh, we had to close the studios in Spain, Madrid and Barcelona. And then we got like, shit, this is when shit hits the fan. And it was like, fuck, we, maybe lose, we, we may lose the company now. And that's where we... We, we went out and we asked for advice for external people that help us to really structure our company, structure our group, and, and do that in a bit more professional way. And that's really when you studied graphic design. For example, you never study how to uh, finance, finance or people management uh, and, and leadership and all these things you don't know. And we were pretty lousy at that. We were good designers, I guess. And we were kind of a, definitely we had the energy, but uh, we had to go to the next level. And that's where we, we seek for advice and we attract new people in our board. We created a board for a company. And that's where also we created our the base group that is now a holding company. That is uh, where there is actually there's no hierarchy at base. It's all flat, there's no bus. So it all works very democratic. Um, so solidarity is super important. Uh, we all have interest in every studio. We have interest in the other studio. So we, yeah, the, the solidarity and the, the, the people aspect is extremely important. So for example, any new uh, partner now has the same uh, weight as all partners like me. It's like one vote, one person, one vote. So uh, it's really the moment where we realize we really wanted to stay independent. Our objective was never to sell the company, but really um, to to give it to the next generation. And that's the moment for us that is super exciting for the old guys like Dimitri and myself, is how do we transmit the company to the next generation, the new partners, and how base can continue to grow in a very beautiful
1: manner. Amazing. Oh, that's that's such an interesting story. And I feel like a lot of people can relate to that mon- moment of chaos and when you mm. grow for the sake of growing and not even sure where you're going with this. So I yeah. want to go back to that moment because yeah. uh, I also heard uh, a lot uh, about your personal journey, how you got a coach or uh, yeah. a, a psychologist to, to kind of go through your own yeah. leadership um, challenges. So Let's go to that moment when you decided, okay, we're not going where we should be and we're on the edge of collapsing. You went out to ask for advice. What was the advice that was given to you at that point?
0: Yeah, I think that one of the main things that you realize that uh, when you're a young designer, you're obsessed with your project for your clients. And it's good. I mean, that's how you grow in the first phase, I would say. But somehow you understand that suddenly your main project needs to be your company. And that each project should feed the vision and the project of your company. So we, we hired a coach to, to do that and to grow into that. And, um, and also, um, we, we had to learn how to be better bosses. It's simple as that and as complicated as that. Because I, I, we were never teached that. We didn't, we, don't know, we didn't know how to do that. So it's, it's, it's everything. It's how, to, how you talk to people. How do you correct a project? How you basically give trust to people before even knowing them? Just put them in the right environment to to grow. And and for me as a personal journey, it was extremely tough because you have to to change. I mean, you're not changing yourself. You change how you interact with others, with your partners, with your employees, with the designers. And uh, so, also, I went to the shrink. I went to uh, we got coaching. We'd also uh, coaching with the partners together to define who stop for example uh, that everybody is doing everything you just define what you do best and you put each one in a better position to do what he does best uh, so this is an, also you understand that it's, it would never end it, you always have to be ready for change, for new ideas When it, but the great thing is now I know that when it doesn't go well It's okay, just just to say, oh, it's just go well, what can we try? Let's try something else. And then it's, uh, yeah, I feel very well now after all these years and after crisis moment about um, handling now uh, all these things.
1: I'm, yeah.
0: not, I'm not scared anymore about about stuff. So that's, so that's great. Do you
1: remember any specifics? Because I think it's, obviously, it's very difficult uh, to remember because it was a long journey yeah. and yeah. Uh, it was a slow improvement. I'm, I'm sure there wasn't one aha moment. But when you went to these people who understand more about finance, about running businesses, yeah. do you remember any key things that they advised you or they saw immediately that you're doing wrong and you need to stop right now? Yeah.
0: I would give one example. Uh, we were in the board with a, a, a friend that is a, a super talented guy from the finance world. I mean, about bought entrepreneurial guy. is so sharp and clever. And the initial question was like, who's in charge of this? And for example, the accountability was not existing in our company. It was like, oh, uh, it was like blurry. And he was like, no, who is in charge of this? And uh, uh, Me? So answer me on these questions. So the fact that you're Need to be accountable. That who is accountable of what? If you commit to something, you have to deliver. Like all these things, we we've learned to 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 answer against that to to become a better company.
1: Amazing! Oh, that that's so important. I think yeah, yeah. that feeling of accountability that yeah. eventually gives freedom for everyone to do whatever they want because everyone is accountable for yeah. what yeah. they're doing. Mm-hmm. And in terms of actually. Scaling the business and the studio and your business processes, were there any insights there about you yeah. need to charge your clients twice as much, or I don't know what was the the revelation that you've got from those conversations many things
0: and the the first thing is that um um I think when you're in that process, you learn that um you have to try things you and and you have to allow yourself to make errors so and you have to allow your teams to make errors so I think what we, what I, I mean, for me, it was a revelation, for example, the importance to um, to install rituals in your company. So for example, now across space, there are rituals that are the same in every studio. And we call it uh, the the weak rituals at base. When you install that, um, and, and I'm doing conference and talks about that, um, for example, on Monday morning, morning you have a meeting where everybody has to be there, and it's a half an hour meeting. And basically, you have to tell the other what are your key three challenges of your week. Okay, simple. It can be in the work for the work, or for yourself, or yeah, it could be I need to be finished at six on Thursday to go to yoga. It can be that. It can be I need to be ready for that presentation on Friday morning at ten o'clock. These kind of things. And um, that's the first meeting. The second is on Wednesday, creative meeting, where we start with inclusions, which is a, a system where we're all together. It's a, almost like a therapy group where each one of us has to express how he feels or how she feels. Um, what happened since the last week, like very personal moment. I can tell you that when you do that for the first time, as a newcomer at base, like, what, what, what is this? What? But it's now... So important. It shapes our company. And it's a company where, for example, when you do this and someone is stressed or feeling bad or has fought with his boyfriend or girlfriend the day before, you can say, oh, I'm super well, no problem. But the the leader of the meeting would say, you're super well. And that's, no, I'm not super well, actually. I'm bad because I'm. And then you explain that. And immediately you would get help. People in, the, in the, your studio would know that you are not in the best moment. So you will feel people with you. It's amazing. These techniques that we were putting in place are amazing. So that's on Wednesday. On Thursday, it's one simple thing. It's a base lunch. What, two people of the studio have to cook for the other. That's it. And, it. Uh, and, uh, and on Friday, it wasn't Friday, now it's on Monday. We go back to the challenges of Monday and we see if we manage to, to do them and if you don't you have to explain why you miss them so at least you learn and you 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 teach the other about your experience about that and the rest of the time anybody all the people can do whatever they want about a project they're not controlled not this they can do whatever they want as soon as they do it. They, they they tell they would do that's it it works and these systems also can change. So we're questioning the pro- these processes the whole time. So the company is always evolving to how people are interacting in the company. So that, for example, I found amazing. I'm, I'm I, because I see the advantages of that. You have a team that's, um, they don't lie to each other. They, uh, they're honest. When it's not going well, they tell it's not going well. Then when they don't have an idea that they, when they're like, in the water like in the mud like lost in a project they get they open to say i don't know i don't have anything fine it's okay let's work about that so it's really like opening uh the thing and it builds the trust uh between the people between the partners and the team um i love that it's 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 a never-ending process
1: great and and it's so great to hear that you kind of combine the the more strategic and kind of creative processes uh, together with very personal and human uh, processes of, of uh, just yeah. expressing your emotions. And I agree, it's so, so important for building trust uh, in teams and, and creating the culture where everyone feels safe and yeah. uh, feels like they can be as creative as they need to be, they won't be judged. And, and that yeah. definitely improves uh, any sort of creativity, no matter what kind of organization you are, uh, yeah. definitely for a design studio. Mm-hmm but i could have a contra argument for that if everyone doing whatever they want then these finance people that you ask those questions uh, many years ago will say well how do you know projects are profitable how do you manage everyone's time how do you know that that like this project actually can, uh, can you, you as a studio can survive
0: because we have great people who are accountable for handling that for handling traffic and handling uh the designer's time, and uh, and they're also their position is crucial because they know how oh, a designer or a creative, or, and actually I don't like to set, divide people between creative and not creative. All meetings are with everybody together. Um, and yes, it's now very well organized, but it, since you have the sincerity between people if a designer like feels, oh, I'm not going to be ready for Thursday, he can go and say, hey, I'm not going to be ready. Let's call the client. What can we do to solve that issue? So it's, it has to come an easy place for, yeah, for mistakes, for dialogue, conversation. Um, it's not always perfect, of course. Sometimes ugh, it's not going well. Sometimes there are tensions. I'm not saying it's paradise, but it's at least we have the tools uh, at any moment to. I think, to solve uh, any kind of questions.
1: Brilliant. Um, Yeah, I think it's it's, it's the balances there in the kind of the freedom with, with the structure that allows everyone to do their work on time and having that support, whether it's from account managers or traffic managers or whoever can support the pure creative flow of energy. Um, I think that that is what uh, makes any project successful. But yeah. I also want to talk a bit more about your personal journey, because as soon as you mentioned the coach and the shrinks, I got super excited because I'm actually going through exactly the same process at the moment. So we've got a coach as the team, and uh, I'm discovering a lot of interesting things about myself. So mm-hmm. I would love to talk to you about that. If you remember, kind of your first revelations things that again i'm sure you had the same or similar process of understanding kind of what your uh, potential uh, gaps in the in the space yeah. are, as well as what the team sees you i remember one thing for, for example i remember one
0: day where uh he came to the room and he said uh we're gonna talk about the complex of the imposter today i was like oh i like that already <laughs> <laughs> and it's about this idea that anyone, even Barack Obama, the day he was elected president, is in his bed and, sh- and saying, "Shit, people will just uncover me. Yeah. I'm not up to the task." You know, like this complex of imposter that everyone feels at any moment in his career, like or or in his work, like when you suddenly you have to go somewhere and pr- do a presentation. It's like, no, they will discover that I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a clown. I'm, I can't do that. Yeah that for example was a moment where, when you know that everybody, everybody's feeling that uh, at at some point in in his career or her career it's nice <laughs> for example it's, it's nice um so yeah so um it's yeah there, there were many moments uh, there was also a moment where <clears throat> super important for me uh, the journey with my all-time partner dimitri was like we were friends for like we went on holidays together we with our families and kids and thing and that and then we got into fights because it was too much and we got like these big clashes between us and uh, and that also can put your company in danger. So we went in retreat for four days with a coach in the south of Morocco. Oh wow! And God. that was an amazing experience because it got us back together on on really like we, we kind of forgot why we were like friends and partners and how to make this, this these are the reason why we're friends. These are the reason why we're working together, how to deal with all these things and all these emotional dimensions. And I think, um, at, at least at base, I think, um, and it can, it's different in the different studio. I think, for example, the base in Brussels is way more, emotional than the base in new york because of the culture of each country and city but that's fine i think uh um but we're pretty emotional at base and i and i like i like it this way we're not machines we're humans and it's it's gonna be tough but it's gonna be fun also and difficult and sad and great and all these things together so
1: Brilliant. Oh, l- can you tell a bit more about this Morocco trip? That sounds really exciting. Was it just two of you that went, or the entire company oh, we and went... your families? No, 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 no.
0: It was just two of us with a coach. So, oh, wow. uh,
1: <clears throat> what did yeah. you do? Were there like exercises <clears throat> that you had to do every day, or talk? how did it work? I,
0: first of all, I cannot tell everything because I swear that some of the exercise I keep secret. Oh, now I'm really intrigued. <laughs> that, that was the commitment, but uh, it, it was a mix of of. Uh, For example, physical experience, like we had to be downstairs at eight and to run on the beach, right? And I'm not that kind of guy. I like to play tennis or to, I need a ball. I'm a dog. I need a ball to run. (laughs) And we had to run and do yoga. And the two of us, like, was the funniest moment, like, to see each other. But we did also exercise about, uh, like, very difficult exercise, for example, to imagine the day of your death and someone, you have to think about someone, that would make a speech about you, you know, with you in your casket, right? What would you like this person to say? That's a wonderful exercise. We were both crying during this exercise. But it's extremely useful because then it gives you meaning about how you want to basically run the rest of your life until the last day. So it's… it's uh, that, for example, helped me a lot, that exercise. So, um, But many others, like fun moment as well. So, yeah, it's it's really important. And the, the funny thing in that trip is that I, I was thinking that we would spend a lot of time about discussing why we would fight and why we would... But that was not the point. It was about refocusing of each one's personality and and being like okay with each one it's therefore okay with the other one and then and then we got back from there and and now we're back to great energy between us so it, it it's really helped it was nice
1: amazing oh that's a, such a wonderful idea and i love the exercise of how you want to be remembered that's definitely something good to reflect on um, sure that that's brilliant yeah. and uh, in terms of your the change that you saw from all these different experiences and working with a coach what would you say changed in you as a creative leader uh what things that you worked on that or you improved on through this process
0: for me it was a it was definitely a moment where i realized like i was at a crossroad on a personal level as a designer i suddenly was clear in front of me either i continue to be a designer and i would perfect my craft you know just like i would say the japanese way like how can i be by improving my craft as a designer or and what that was the other way i stopped designing and i lead designers Uh, i lead people i help people to grow and for me it was an obvious choice it was the second one so i i basically stopped designing one day and i and I decided, okay, now how can I transmit what I know? How can I make younger generation, younger designer uh, discover the better side, their personality, their skills? Um, that's why I teach. That's why I'm doing all these things now. It's because I discovered that that was my journey, but any journey is good. It's, you have to find whatever is good for you.
1: And how did you deal with losing that identity of a craftsman and designer? Because I can totally relate to that. As soon as you step away from doing things, first of all, your imposter syndrome goes even to a worse state because now you're not even designing and you call yourself a designer or you don't even know what to call yourself. And then how do you start introducing yourself as well? Because you're not doing design and your whole identity was always based on the fact that you're a creative person. And now... Are you a teacher, are you a director, are you a business person? What was the process for you?
0: Uh, I don't really care about the, I'm still calling <laughs> myself a designer. Yeah. Because yeah. designers, you can design anything. For example, designing our week and our processes, this is design. I mean, this is giving shape to things, times, uh, processes. Um, for me, it was not at all a painful process to stop, stop designing in the way a graphic designer would do it. I still love to, um, yeah, to design on how we're going to do a project, to find ideas with people. So I was, for example, totally obsessed on how. I remember I did a survey across all base, similar questions uh, to the different designers, and almost all of them, they were saying, I want to be able to say I did it, but I want to work in a team, so there's this contradiction about me. And but I want to feel a team the whole time with me. So so there's this contradiction that is very human. So I was obsessed with how you make people to work together on a project. How you do that? And and I was obsessed to create that environment or climate to to in a way that uh, anyone can talk freely, propose ideas. Um, and I think in 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 that I think we're doing pretty well at base. Like all what is group work and stuff works well.
1: Mm, brilliant! Oh, I love it. And and I think it's a, it's a very you you make it sound easy, like it was a a very easy process of you stepping away and everyone working. But I have a feeling it wasn't. And I think no. uh, it's it's incredible to hear that you figure out all these things and you kind of constantly conscious about how you run your company and how everyone is feeling or what everyone is doing. That, that's amazing. It's, it's
0: funny because when I do a talk, when I explain this um, and people come afterward and say, how long did it take to do that? And they expect me to answer six months or a year and I answer eight years. No, it's not easy. It's a long process. You need to be extremely patient. You need to to, and there's moments where you totally like you you lose face, You look like, "Oh, it's never going to work." And you you you, no, it's not easy. It's but as as soon as you keep on believing that you can do it and that you want to do it and and you like it because that's also I liked it and I still like it. So uh, when when and the beauty of it is that the more you do that, no, I don't. Even sometimes I'm in the studio and people are coming to me and saying. Hey, uh maybe we could change that process. Maybe we could do this differently. I'm like, great, why not? So so it's it's not a fixed thing. Uh uh, it's not like you know, engraved in stone. Everything has to change all the time. So for example, for after this pandemic and the 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 fact that we had to adapt quickly to we're changing all of our studio, it's rechanging again the processes, we're using that experience. be to trying to be better i don't know if you will be but we'll we'll see and already there's many things that we presented to the team and worked with the team to yeah to try to surprise ourselves first
1: what would you say are the most important traits of character for a creative leader for design leader um let's say three if you have to pick three most important what would they be
0: yeah uh, i'm focused always on the capacity to listen I love when people like in the first phase are like, they just listen. They, they listen to things. Uh, this, this is super important. A lot of people tend to want to go in discussion and or immediately debate. No, no, first listen. Uh, and also, that's a great advice that I got years ago. When you go to a um, client meeting, try to make your client talk. Shut the fuck up, listen. And to just get to, to that. What I really love is candor when people like, you know, behaving like it in a naive way almost, that are open in a way, in a way, kids can, is open, you know. Um, I love playfulness also, people when like they're, and actually, even the more serious people, when you get to the right way, you can play with anyone. And that's really, I'm, I'm always trying to, to transform any job into something that can be fun for us in the process. uh, Doesn't mean that it's not serious. It's really serious, but uh, the same way a kid, when he's playing, is very serious at playing. I love that. Uh, Being curious, obviously, super important. Being open. uh, The ability to, yeah, to dialogue, to, uh, I think we should treasure Relationships. If you get into, if you build a, a, a true relationship with between designers, but also with clients, it can go wrong. I, I mean, all this sincerity. I try to build that since the first meeting with clients. For example, I tell them, I will tell you everything I think. If I don't like it, if I feel unease, I will tell you. Please tell me. We will win so much time. So, so when you set up the rules of that relationship game very early in the process if you're with the right people it works always and
1: yeah love it and is there any trait of character that you see a lot in creative leaders but is actually destructive and you would say that that's something that we all should work on and improve on
0: uh i think i have that for example and i don't like me when I like that, I, but I think we all like that. I think we're always seeking for uh, recognition. We, I'm always like, I like when people are telling me, oh, that's great, or that's beautiful. Or, mm. So that's, I think among Kurdish people, I think we're all, all among creative people, pretty fragile. So we need, fragile here. So we need like people that comfort us by saying, oh, your your book cover is is brilliant. Like we need that. So uh, yeah, I think that's a common trait. Like so in some people, it's very strong. In some, it's lower. But uh,
1: I think we all have that. Oh yeah, I, I it's definitely. I think it's it's an ongoing joke with with any creative people that they yeah. constantly need that a bit of a pat on the back and just uh, yeah i think a bit of encouragement as well and i and i think it's it's not a bad thing either recognizing that creative no. people need it and um, also encouraging other creative around you even your competitors or people that you know in creative industry it does change their mood immediately when you just yeah, yeah compliment their work i think but that's, this that's
0: this it. is something for example that i've learned in the early stages i was only telling my designer, when it was bad, I don't like that. Change this; it's not good. But I was never telling anything when it was good, and it's just a simple thing that you 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 have to learn to do. You know, when it's good, oh, this is great! I love it. Come, let's uh, the other come. Let's, let's <laughs>
1: take this;
0: it's great. So you know, we need to yeah to constantly support each other with with these things.
1: Oh, absolutely! And uh, I'm I'm Russian, so I'm definitely very uh, very easily um, tricked into that behavior of uh, pointing out what might go wrong or things that are not right Um, and i think it's it's making that conscious uh, decision of also noticing things that are beautiful that are going well and um mm. that, that uh just someone did a good job it's uh, it's not yeah. easy and for no. those people who, for whom it doesn't come natural it becomes almost like a constant exercise in the brain but it's definitely a good habit to have for your own mental health as well as well as mental health of people around you sure. <laughs> i think it definitely makes a difference but, yeah. uh, uh,
0: other thing for example that will help your design company to work definitely helps us it's transparency mm. for example uh, uh four days ago we were showing all the numbers, the profit, and then to to the studio. We're just showing all the numbers. Uh, So for example, that's also creates an environment where you you build trust by showing, this is the reality of our studio in every dimension.
1: And I would love to talk a bit about your work because it is beautiful and uh, you did quite a lot of very uh, famous and very well recognized projects. Um, so it would be very interesting to hear, first of all, which ones for you were important? So through this 26 or 30 years of doing design, which ones you would say were the most significant to the studio? Um,
0: there are many, but there's obviously one that was a turning point. Uh, it was in the year ninety-nine, 2000 We were in New York since a bit less than a year and a half, two years. And we won the competition. So we were this super small, tiny studio like this. And we won the competition to uh, do the branding of the MoMA uh, in New York. Uh, the MoMA was moving from Manhattan to Queens for four years. And so they wanted to a more like young approach. And we were kind of at that time, this this new studio in New, new York, kind of cool, uh, coming from Europe with the European touch and stuff. And so we got the project. I would never forget the moment. I was uh, with Dimitri in Greece on holidays and we got a call, we were uh, really on the beach and we got a call from Jeff saying, we won MoMA. And I was like, what, what? <laughs> so that was like really a moment of shit at the same time and, and at the same, so we got totally, uh, drunk that night, we celebrate like crazy, and then we, we really worked crazy hard because we knew that that kind of opportunity will not come twice. Uh, and so, I, w- I also remember in that job, uh, so we did everything and we were back and forth between Euro- Europe and, and New York, and then we had to go there to present to the director and the board. And so we came into the MoMA on 53rd Street, and then we went up, and then all these guys with ties and the director of MoMA. And I was like, I I was like coming from my little house here in Brussels, and I was like, this is a Tom Cruise movie. I'm and again, I'm an imposter. They will they will see I I'm a joke. And we presented the 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 whole presentation. It was a good presentation, and also It's a presentation that set a landmark for a lot of work after because we tried it for the first time we were using, um, uh, quoting and text in our branding. It was like, we tried a lot of new things actually in this job. And, uh, and at the end of the presentation, the light went up and the director of MoMA said, we do this, we do this exactly as it is now. We didn't have to change anything. So I went out and we went out of the building, like flying. It was like one of the best moments of my life. Um, I will never forget it and and from that moment, when you are this little company and suddenly you become these guys that did MoMA for us and and it was crazy because then other jobs came in and and it was a turning point, yes
1: oh wow, well, wow. I can imagine how. It is scary, but exciting when you get those projects, you put all your soul and passion yeah. into that. And yeah, that constant uh, kind of rollercoaster of excitement and, and just hoping that it will all work out. And for you, obviously it didn't. I think it definitely, you remember those moments. Yeah. Um, um, so what are the qualities that you seek in a designer when interviewing for design position and base? And mm-hmm. I suppose, how can people, if they want to apply, how they can get in touch and how do you prefer people to, to send their work?
0: Yeah, I think that it's pretty normal. What we're asking, um, is, um, a letter of motiva- motivation, why they are contacting us? Why us? Uh, and of course, portfolio. I'm not too obsessed with skills um of course it's there's a mix of quality of of past work and stuff, but it's really about the personality. I can feel pretty quickly if someone has a potential to uh to grow and uh I, I think also one of the things that I would ask immediately and and try to to understand is the capacity to work in a team uh I don't need divas. I don't need people that are like, that think that they're best than the other and that cannot work in a in a team environment. If you cannot collaborate in our business, you die. It's impossible. So sometimes we hire people that are maybe not the best skilled, but have something or a twist uh, personality in thing. Or for example, I hired uh, one of my strongest strategies today uh, never did strategy before and when he applied for the position uh he just sent a letter basically explaining that he never did all what we were asking but the letter was so fucking funny so well written i mean it was everything and then we had a a meeting and after five minutes i said okay let's do a test and so we did a test and he's with us since these amounts of years and it's and, and and we were right i mean it's 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 a great guy. So uh and this can happen also with the designer or so we had a yeah. I, I also when I we hired, I think we try to find a good mix with the team also. For example, if you hired uh three very quiet persons, you need probably one that is louder, or you need you know, you need these kind of mix of personalities, backgrounds, attitudes that blend into something that sounds like a, a good good salad of people group good group
1: i love it That's such a great advice um next question uh, on the topic of creative leadership and managing a team how do you handle conflict uh conflicting opinions among the mm-hmm. team regarding design work
0: yes um the first thing is to accept that there is conflict sounds stupid but it of course there will be conflicts of course there will be difference of opinion so um if there are conflicts and and i don't like conflicts conflicts mean really a battle but a debate we're disagreeing on stuff um i think the first thing is that we can debate but to debate you have you need stuff on the table or on the computer you cannot debate for the sake of in the air because then you're debating about ideas and each one has a different mental image of that idea. So it's not useful. So let's put things on the table, projects, uh, things, designs, uh, typography, text, uh, sketches or on the wall. Because then you cannot debate if you don't bring anything to the table, right? And if there is a conflict, my advice is, okay, maybe there is a conflict between two people. You cannot leave it there. Meaning, you, they... Just always tell them, okay, now you two, just take a coffee together. Don't talk about the project anymore. Talk about what happened between you two. And you need to get to, we're okay now. So just take your time, but you have, you cannot bring that tension back and keep it in yourself for the next 10 days because it will impact the whole team and, and it would impact the design, the quality. So that's my advice.
1: Oh, that's a brilliant advice. And I think again, you're pointing out that the whole human element in any design problem, just sometimes sitting down and talking to someone about topics that are unrelated and just um, making sure you get rid of that tension can um, actually create a success for any sort of design work. What is the critical part for you when designing a brand? I think that the part
0: where you need to, to,
1: and we do that
0: always with our client, we do workshops with, with basically vision workshops. They, and that's where you need to debug all the bullshit. Because for a lot of people, it's not easy to, to, to do that, but you need to go at the core. It's really like a shrink sessions with them. Like, and sometimes they say, yeah, and we're dynamic. And with that, I'm like, mm, not interested. I don't believe you. You know, you have to provoke them to, to get to the core of things. That is, for me, a very important part. It's really how to debug the bullshit that is still around in a lot of companies or big brands. Like, they're talking about values and stuff. I'm like, no, don't don't bullshit me with your values, you know. I'm always very skeptical when they come up with, with me uh, to me with that. So... Um, so this is really important as at the beginning, to set the tone on how you would go to something that is real. Have a great vision and a great strategy and then deliver a poor design. I mean, you have to keep up to the expectation and, and your expectation as well.
1: Brilliant, thank you. Any advice for a new startup agency entering the industry?
0: Um, it's a good question because it's, um, this is a recurring question. I don't think, uh, startups need branding in the first phase. I think they're, they would spend money for things that they really don't need. Uh, startups are really about a product in the first phase. Startups, it's also the, very often the founders are like this with their, they are what they do. So it's, they are the brand. So they don't need anything else. I think we're more useful in the second phase, in the scale-up. When the startup has... Two or three years it exists it's it has startup it is getting stronger and then it needs to become a brand that's the moment where we can help them to the scale up of a startup
1: brilliant i wanted to wrap up this conversation with the last question uh, that uh, a lot of people also uh, can relate to so If you remember yourself 10 years ago, first of all, where were you 10 years ago? What were you doing? And if you could give yourself advice um, to avoid potentially lots of mistakes or get to where you are faster or in a less painful way, Mm -hmm. what would you say? Wow, that's a a
0: difficult one. I was so focused and obsessed with the transformation of the company. I was not a great leader, I think. Uh, I was like too close and I was not open enough to... Get people with me and understand what I was all about. I was too tense about that. I was too uh intense about that also with time i have learned to okay, easy, let go. it's fine. You can be focused very uh very good, but you need to always keep an attitude that is not like, I want that, and I want that you know' it's, you have to. To be still focused but but uh in your attitude with others and more open um to advice to critics also super important i have learned that for example critics makes me uh learn way faster than people say oh what you do is great it's great when people criticize me it's way better actually it's it's way more interesting
1: open mind and being more relaxed and uh, becoming better leaders i think that that's a, a brilliant uh, advice thank you so much Thierry, and lovely talking to you thanks for listening and i hope you enjoyed this conversation if you want to join one of these interviews in the future and ask your questions follow us on instagram we are at future london academy we are doing Instagram live chats weekly with some of the most inspiring people in the industry. So prepare your questions and see you there. If you want to learn from these people about how they work with clients and approach projects in more depth, join one of our courses at Future London Academy, taught by the best of the best in the world of design and innovation. And if you're ever in London, come in for a coffee. We love meeting new people. Thanks again, and until next time.